it's Haley. And I'm Lo. And, and we, we are, are Wrestling Wind Down. On this week's special episode, we're going to be covering Helena Cell and the crazy moments that everyone was talking about online. We have them all for you. There were some great moments, there were some not so great moments, but let's just get started. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. To kick off the evening, we saw the Raw Women's Championship on the line. Becky Lynch defending her title against Sasha Banks in a steel cage. Hell in a cell. OG. This was actually a really good match. I like the way that these two women utilized everything that Helena Cell has to offer like they put chairs up on sticks and it was just insane like the way that they were using the props and the way that they were fighting each other like this was not an easy match for either of them and did you see after the match Becky Lynch went on Twitter and was like you know I called you out and you showed me what you're worth or showed me like what you can do right like a sign of respect towards Sasha so I think a lot of people assumed that Sasha would win this match because last match they had Becky came out on top and I think everyone was just assuming that this was going to be Sasha's moment there were a couple close calls where a lot of people thought that Sasha was going to pick up the victory there was one moment where she hit the backstabber on Becky and Becky kind of went through the table but she was more towards like not on the table and definitely thought that would have ended the match but it didn't in our last episode we were wondering what they would do next if Becky retained the title. Yeah. We mentioned, you know, the different series that they do with these matches, like with Becky and Charlotte and Sasha and Charlotte. And are they going to do the same thing? I mean, I don't mind seeing these two go head to head again, but we need a title change. Well, I kind of have a theory here. So Becky won and retained the title, and then Charlotte Flair won and took the title from Bailey. Mm-hmm. So now Bailey and Sasha Banks are both titleless. And so I feel like. You know, they're kind of in the path to get a tag team championship title. I don't know. That's kind of like where I see this is going, because I think that's the only reason Becky and Charlotte would win in one Mm. night. I don't really see them getting back into the tag title picture. I definitely think that Sasha is on a strong path to single success, and it somehow hasn't gone right so far, and she hasn't been able to get the Raw Women's Championship. Maybe they'll get drafted. And it'll be Sasha and Charlotte and then mm. Becky and Bailey. Maybe. That's kind of what I'm thinking since the draft is happening on this upcoming episode of SmackDown and then next week's Raw. Right. So I don't really know, but I definitely don't see them going for the tag titles. I feel like the tag titles are like in their own element at this point with Asuka and Kyrie Sane, which we'll talk about. But I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I mean, you have a point there, but I feel like it's just like odd timing that both of them don't have titles right at the end of the match we saw Shasha Banks actually cry like she was just standing there it looked like her whole world was ripped apart so I don't know if that was kind of like her making fun of the fact that she was crying after she lost her life yeah I don't know if it was like some comical WWE thing but I mean it might have been like a kiss I think it was yeah Yeah, with the whole Ryan Satin thing and her crying on the floor that's how I took it or maybe she was really emotional she was sad (laughs) The next match that we saw was a tornado match between Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. This match was 
an interesting one. Like it wasn't one that really interested me, but just to see like the outcome and how they fought and how they all worked together. Like, what did you think of it? I thought the match was okay. I definitely had my doubts when we found out that Luke Harper was involved and Daniel Bryan really didn't have any involvement in in the whole Roman Reigns getting attacked every week Mm -hmm. thing. I definitely thought that Daniel Bryan had something to do with it and that he'd align with Luke Harper and Eric Rome. But it's not too late. That could still happen. True. And I definitely could see it happening. But we saw Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan hug it out in the middle of the ring so I we've don't seen know. a lot of hugs in wwe and kisses and all types of stuff and people will literally yeah. stab you in the back true for now it looks like daniel bryan and roman reigns are a cohesive unit they know how to fight together they're a good team against eric rowan and luke harper who have been a tag team before so i don't i don't know i don't know where i see this going i feel like i say it's- i don't know a lot but i'm kind of like indecisive It's hard to see where this is going just because I don't think Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns will be together for very long. But I see Eric Rowan and Luke Harper being together for a long time. Like I mentioned before, maybe they're going towards a Wyatt family reunion. You have Bray Wyatt, who obviously we'll talk about. And we have Ron Strowman, who I don't really know if he would be involved. This whole thing with Tyson Fury getting involved on SmackDown. And it's just a clusterfuck. Like, I'm just going to say that MMA and boxing individuals, people who have made their name in these other businesses, it's kind of weird seeing them in WWE. And, like, to be honest, like, I don't know who they are personally because I don't watch these other sports. And some people do know who they are, so it it, it does entice them. But we have Cain Velasquez involved with Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. And then we have Tyson Fury involved with Braun Strowman, like, I don't really understand the involvement. I'm I'm assuming it's going towards the whole Saudi Arabia fuck mm, again, and yeah. they want those big ratings. There's going well, to be need people on them, I guess. So there's going to be a big announcement on Friday. I read a press release that right here in Las Vegas, they're announcing a huge news story with Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez and Amazing. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. So. I definitely think it's going to be Saudi Arabia and it's going towards ratings. And I know I'm all the way like off subject at this point, but I don't I don't like this. I mean, I don't like Saudi Arabia in the first place, right. but I don't really know how to feel about involvement with other sports, especially when you have so many people on the roster who aren't being utilized. Well, they fight different. That's the main exactly, thing. Exactly. That's like, my point. We see Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey like fight different than everyone else. Like it's right. just it's different ways, the different moves. It's I mean, it's hard to forget one sport to fight for another, you know? Yeah, and you remember when Ronda Rousey first came into WWE and like, even up until <laughs> Yes, even until when she left after WrestleMania, right at WrestleMania. Her style in the ring was very intense. It was dangerous. She was injuring people because she was still using the same mentality that she had when she was in UFC. She wasn't, she's not a wrestler. Right. And then we also see like these wrestlers who are gone for a while and do dangerous moves too. So it's just like all training based. Right. Now we're going to get back on subject (laughs) and we're going to talk about Randy Orton versus Ali. Randy Orton ended up picking up the pinfall here, which I'm going to roll my eyes because I'm still irritated about the whole debacle that we talked about our last show Mm -hmm. with him not knowing how to think before he talks. And clearly, it seems like there's not going to be any repercussions for his actions since he's out here winning matches. 
I mean, this match was good, but in the back of my head, the whole time I was like, oh my god, I don't like You him. should have seen Twitter. I bet it was crazy. Yeah. People were not happy that, you know, Randy Orton in a match with Ali, who Ali is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Randy Orton is not a great competitor. He's held numerous championship titles. He's a third generation superstar. He's a great athlete, but I can't I can't deal with the that he's you doing. You can't forget online. about what No, he did. it's it's absolutely bullshit. And to see him get this match with Ali, who's so capable, and Randy win this match. Yeah. It I shake my head at that one. I didn't enjoy this match because he won. I didn't enjoy it either because I was just thinking about how shitty he is. And it's not we're not, you know, Randy Orton crew, but it's like we're like this with Lars as well. Oh, Lars, you know, when you do stuff that's fucked up and you have a fan base and you are a public figure, you're going to get hate on it. You know, people are not going to agree with this, especially mm-hmm. when it has to do with such sensitive topics. So I'm just going to sit my wine because I have nothing else to say. You could tune into our last episode. We spilled all the yes. tea. And the wine. A match that I actually thought was pretty good was the Women's Tag Team Championship match. So it was the Kabuki Warriors against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I mean, it's a weird combination to begin with. I like the storyline between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and all of that. Like, that's going great. The Kabuki Warriors are kind of newer as a tag team. It's just, like, weird how they fight. And the way that the Kabuki Warriors won, I wasn't a big fan of, like... Asuka spit some green stuff out of her mouth and all over to Nikki Cross's face. And Alexa Bliss was on the floor at this point. So Nikki Cross rolls out and Alexa's just like, what happened to your face? And it's weird. So that is actually like a traditional thing that's been done in WWE before. Tajiri, a former SmackDown superstar, used to do that as well. And other Asian descent wrestlers have Mm -hmm. done that. And I don't think a lot of people expected that from them. And they kind of came across as the heel in this match. And that's kind of what WWE is pushing towards now with them. They're coming out. They're speaking in their own language, which I think is great. I know a lot of people are like, well, why aren't they speaking English? But that's them. If they don't speak English outside the ring and they want to bring that to their character, I commend them. And, and they it probably just, brings in different viewers. Exactly. For them too. And they mesh well together. Mm. Um, I like Asuka as a heel. I felt like in NXT she was unstoppable as a heel. And once she got on the main roster and she was a baby face. They kind of she, forgot about yeah, her. Yeah, they forgot about she her. She had like a 500-day reign, like 523, I yes, think. Yes, they had to take the title off of her when she left NXT. Yeah. She didn't lose the title. Right. She was a badass. Yep. And then she slowly got watered down when she came on the main roster. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, even us, we were like, what is going on with Asuka? And then they paired her up with Kyrie Sane. And Which Kyrie Sane's a great competitor, yes, too. Even absolutely. on NXT, like, she was amazing. But I do want to see them split up eventually because I want that pirate ship entrance at WrestleMania from Kyrie. That's all I want. I feel (laughs) like it'd be epic. The next match we had was the Viking Raiders with Braun Strowman versus the OC. And the Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman picked up the win via disqualification. I don't really know how I'm feeling about the OC and the Viking Raiders at this point. Um, Again, another watered-down character. I like the whole idea of the OC because it's a play on the Bullet Club and everyone knows who the Bullet Club is, but I don't know. They're coming across as like bullies now and 
They were like that with Ricochet, and now they stepped up with people who are bigger than them, so they have to, you know, put themselves on the line. You know what I call this match? What? A wine refill. Yeah, and with the whole, you know, different spots from Braun Strowman that were, like, disses towards Tyson Fury, like, again, here we go mixing stuff in. I just wasn't a fan of it. Like, I could have gone with this on the pre-show. We also had some 24-7 championship matches within the night. Tamina ended up picking up her first WWE 24-7 championship. Amazing, since we haven't seen her in however long. Right, she just came out of nowhere and pinned Carmella. Interesting. And then R-Truth ended up getting the title R-Truth back. R-Truth was personally offended yes. and mad at Carmella. So. I would love to see these 24-7 title changes happen with a match. Crazy, right? A wrestling <laughs> ring with a wrestling belt. And I know that sounds probably stupid, but we keep seeing these title changes with these quick pins, these roll-ups. Like, let's figure something out. When they were doing the whole Drake Maverick thing in our truth it was developed. Yeah, they had a couple roll-ups, but they did have a couple matches, and that's what I liked about it. Let's pin some people fair and square. Let's not come up behind them and pin them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think we need some character development with this title. I think that fans really like it just because it's like so random and like you never know what to expect. But at the same time, yeah, like some character development would be nice. Right. So last week we talked about the cracked out Burger King King, Baron Corbin, Mm -hmm. how he's an STD and everything. Or so The Rock said. Yes. The Rock says he's an STD. He was making fun of Chad Gable before this match. He grabbed a mic and was like, I rename him Shorty Gable. And so, of course, Corey Graves had to call him Shorty Gable throughout the whole match. Irritating. Whatever. But Chad Gable picked up the win, and I was super excited for him. Like, this is such, like, a big step in his career. Like I said before, I think Chad Gable is so incredible in the ring, and I kind of figured they would put him and Baron Corbin in some type of feud after the whole King of the Ring tournament. But I think we kind of need to separate the two now. Um, Chad Gable should be going after a title and Baron Corbin, whether it's the United States Championship or the Intercontinental Championship. Obviously, we're about to have the WWE draft, so we don't know where these two will end up. But I think Baron Corbin will definitely get a title sooner or later just because of the push that he's been getting and He just won King of the Ring, so that looks incredible for him. But, yeah, I think it was a good match. Not really a fan of the short jokes that keep happening. Yeah. But it's WWE. I don't know what more we could expect at this point. At least it's towards a man this time and not a woman, you know? You're right. You're very right. We saw Charlotte Flair pick up her 10th WWE Women's Championship against Bayley via submission. Like most of the matches on this card, it was announced last minute. Fun fact, we only had, what, three, four matches announced by Sunday? Yeah. Sunday morning, Saturday night, and then they announced, like, all the others the day of. The matchmakers all went on vacation. Well, I think everyone was really worried about SmackDown and it doing well, and it did, but people were more worried about that. They kind of forgot that there was a pay-per-view, which wasn't good on their part because... People look forward to the pay-per-views. A lot of people don't really watch the weekly program. They tune into the pay-per-view because right before they have the whole recap of the whole feud that's happened before the match. And, yeah, it's great that a lot of these people on the card already had, you know, feuds going on. But 
they just threw them together at the last minute. But anyways, with this match, we've seen these two go head-to-head before. I'm glad that Charlotte picked up her 10th title victory, but I feel like I'm a negative Nancy. I said this on our Twitter the other day. I would love to see someone else get this title after her. Yeah. Well, I think that this really just has to do with, like, whatever they're going to do with Bailey and Sasha next. Because there's no way Charlotte should have picked up her 10th win when she, like, I feel like she just had the title, like, not too long ago. I also feel like, in the back of my head, WWE is really trying to push Charlotte up there with her father. Yeah. Her father held the championship 17, 18, however many times you want to count it because there's different ways that people include different titles but he held the title over 15 times she's at her 10th and she's really just getting started with her career in WWE so they probably want her to exceed him and that's why we've seen these quick championship reigns with her and Sasha all those times because they're trying to rack up those championship victories so she can get up there with their father in my opinion it might not be that maybe they just feel like she looks best with the title and she represents the company well which I'm not saying she doesn't yeah she does but still there's other people that exactly I don't know the match is pretty good yeah Bailey pulled a lot of charlotte's own moves on her which i thought was interesting that shows that they know each other very well in the ring exactly the last match of the night the fiend versus seth rollins i saw it has a lot of hate i actually didn't hate it until it ended like the way that they fought each other did i like how they were fighting red light no Hmm. they did the same thing that the women did at the beginning of the show they pulled everything out of below the ring And used it. Like, they utilized almost everything that was under there, which I thought was interesting. What you're supposed to do in a Hell in a Cell match, what you're not supposed to do is somehow get disqualified. I literally thought you could not get disqualified in a Hell in a Cell match. You can't. So, I've done my research on this for the last couple days because I was actually on Twitter when the match ended. So, I was wine drunk, so I didn't see all any of the pay-per-view. I went and watched it after But I was watching, like, the live tweets come in, and I see everyone, like, so fucking pissed off. They're like, DQ, whatever, whatever, like, pissed. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I look at the time. It's around the time the pay-per-view ends. And I'm, like, trying to figure out what exactly happened because everyone's just cussing and there's no, like, type of news, you know? So pretty much the match got called a DQ because – the referee said that Seth Rollins went too far. and Okay, well, I don't know if that's true because The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, had like some type of hammer before and was like hitting Seth Rollins against the steel cage. Right. But somehow when Seth Rollins pulls out a sledgehammer, that's it? I feel like two things with this. So one, there could be some significance here because it's a sledgehammer and Triple H uses the sledgehammer. And they're going to Saudi Arabia. And oh my god, I hate that. When do these people usually? When do these bigger, older superstars usually get involved? It's when Saudi Arabia comes around. You never know what could happen. Maybe it's a Triple H thing. I don't know. These Triple H and Seth Rollins have had their issues before. It could have been that. But I feel like a lot of people are worried about what's next for the Fiend because this is the second time where he's had an incredible character. And it almost comes across as they bury him. Yeah. Anyone, anyone 
thought that Bray Wyatt had that f***ing title won. Because every week, or whenever we see him, he has his promos, he's intense, he's crazy, him it's with great. with title would be so interesting. It would be. But I feel like, you know, this is him and Seth's second match, right? They're just getting comfortable with each other. This was one of the really first extreme matches that they've had. I feel like WWE wants to keep doing matches with them. Mm-hmm. more like extreme matches, you know, tables, ladders, and chairs, whatever. But a DQ in a Hell in a Cell shouldn't have been done. No. It, I feel like Seth could have easily won the title fair and square, and Bray could have gotten his revenge like he did at the end. He could have still done that. Yeah. But not with the ref calling a DQ like that. Right. Like, the match continued after the DQ was called. Right. Seth looked terrified in a corner, and Bray wasn't moving until... He put the mandible claw on Seth. Right. And so I feel like there was no point for Bray to just lay there for so long. Like, if he was capable of doing all this crazy stuff after the match, he could have got up and, like, continued to fight. I was reading some tweets from some people that were there that night, and the audience was saying to restart the match after Bray got up. They were chanting AEW, which some people are assuming is the new... CM Punk chant whenever they're not happy with something and people stayed way after the pay-per-view was done they were pissed because they they didn't think that was the end of the match I also read something online I don't know whether it was confirmed or not that there were riots going on after the pay-per-view because people were so upset about the ending of this match and I feel like out of me and you both like I'm the one that is really just like side eye when people do stuff like this but no, people are ridiculous. If they were rioting over a wrestling match, like we just rose. Like, on. I just feel like if this was true, because I didn't see anything on the news. I only saw the same video. Actually, I saw two videos. I saw one video of like a fire with some cars, whatever. Then I saw another video of this man throwing his replica $500 belt on the ground. Who are you hurting other than yourself, boo? <laughs> like, People take it too far, and professional wrestling, just like football, soccer, whatever other sport you watch, it's a sport, it's entertainment. Like, when you start thinking of harming other people or you're harming yourself, you've gone too far. So, yeah, this match, it ended in a crazy way. I would be pissed if I spent my money, went to this pay-per-view, flew there, and expected a huge-ass match between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, and it ended up as a DQ. I'd be pissed if I was at home watching it when it was on and it happened. But still, that does not justify acting out of line. But the match wasn't even that bad until the DQ happened. People are just really mad because a DQ is unheard of in a Hell in a Cell match. And I think a lot of people are expecting some type of solution by WWE, whether it will be a statement or something on Raw the next night. Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt were not even on Raw. Nope. No. So they haven't addressed the issue. I mean, what more can you do at this point? WWE actually had an article released that didn't even call it a DQ. It was a match stoppage. I saw it was like a no contest or something like that. And that pissed people off, too. A lot of people are pissed to the point where they're even canceling their WWE network. They're swearing off WWE. It was just one match. Like, you don't yeah. know what they're going to do next. There's this whole storyline here that I was very finished. shocked going down 
my timeline seeing <laughs> all the people who cared way too cancel much. Cancel WWE Network was literally trending. People were that mad over the, the ending of this match. So once the next pay per view comes up, we'll see who's tweeting the pay per view who right. said that they canceled the network because I'm coming for y'all. Right. I think Hell in a Cell, all in all, was an interesting pay-per-view. Seeing that it only had three to four matches announced, what, 24 to 48 hours before it aired, I think they did a good job with what they put together last minute. I agree. I think that, you know, there were some weird aspects, but overall, like, I enjoyed this pay-per-view a lot. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.